Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 216. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. We have traded an undead Schmitty. No, no, we've traded a eaten, shot, and burned Colin for an undead Schmitty. I'm not dead yet. That's why you're undead. Yes. He's mostly dead. Mostly dead. Which means there's only one thing left we could do. Hit him over the head and put him (laughs) on a cart. Um, (laughs) We're glad to see you still amongst the the land of the living. Ish. Yes. Um, Ish. Supposedly, (laughs) Colin is in the belly of a dragon right now. Uh, However, he did just post to Facebook, like literally three minutes ago. So I guess he gets good Wi-Fi in there. I need, Pretty good service. I need that. Whoever his whoever his cell phone provider is, they're giving him awesome data coverage. I need to switch over. More bars in more places. Uh, was Which it a is dragon funny, this time? I, I, I was hoping for something a little more awesome, like a Leviathan came out of the Great Salt Lake and just took him down. You know, it, it's uh, surprising, too, because you would expect, if anywhere's going to be a dead zone, it'd be a belly of a beast. Yes. Eh, eh. <laughs> All right, that horrible pun was brought to you by our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, Radio KSCR. Who did I miss? Have I missed anyone? 4814. Of course I couldn't miss them. Our bestest friends ever in the world of hosting. 48-14.com, your go-to place for all things awesome hosting. Specifically hosting. Yeah, and when you screw up your site, they will fix it. Yeah, they're good at it. And, you know, I listened to uh, the most recent episode of SD Files. Good work, by the way, gentlemen. Thank you. And I realized that uh, you brought up a sponsor that I haven't brought up for a while, but Eagle Moss Limited. Yeah, I was running out of ideas on who we should give you know, credit <laughs> to for sponsorship, and they just popped into my head. So I figured I should time. probably mention them. Well, it's funny too because you you mentioned them, and I'm thinking, oh, that's good, that's good. I haven't I haven't brought them up on a show for a while, and then I got home from work, and I had two new ships waiting for me from Eagle Moss Limited. Synchronicity, baby. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I have two new awesome Star Trek ships on my display case. Um, well, actually, that's a lie. They're still in the box, but they'll be on the display case soon. Uh, you should check them over. Uh, check out the link up at the top of StolenDroids.com, the banner, if you don't have an ad block enabled uh and, and if you do disable it for stolendroids.com please we do the same for you you know solidarity baby anyway um so how's your guys <laughs> thanks Minnie. give <laughs> give the people's fist there which sounds worse <laughs> than i mean um so last <laughs> week oh wow <laughs> three minutes in and we already go blue let's yeah, start that wow. again <laughs> So I need to last week, this episode, okay. I kind of, uh, I kind of let loose on the EU, and I asked people if everyone in the EU were just stupid. Turns out, one of our listeners is from the EU, and he wrote in. Sweet, yeah. I- so here, here's an email from Paul, um, <laughs> and he uh, gave it the subject line: "EU's funhouse of retardation." <laughs> I like that. Paul, you're my new best friend. 
Okay, so he writes, So if I haven't mentioned it before, I live in Scotland, part of the UK, which is part of the EU. They're just all acronyms over there. The UK is on the verge of an in-and-out referendum on Europe, and mainly for stupid reasons like the ones you guys have mentioned. Now imagine the terror the EU has created in the vacuum cleaner industry when they decided that to be eco-friendly, your Hoover cannot be more powerful than than that of a hairdryer. It seems to me that the EU has run out of things to moan about, so now they are creating scenarios to keep themselves in work. In short, the EU is a chocolate fire guard that is a lovely idea in concept, but in reality has become an unsustainable mess. Huh. Interesting. A, cho- a chocolate fire guard. I'm getting the feeling that's a bit of vernacular we're not familiar with. Or is it just me? Do you guys have any... Well, if you if you think about it visually... A chocolate fire guard wouldn't be very proficient at, at protecting you from fire because it melts. It would just melt, yes. But then it's tasty afterwards. And No, burnt chocolate's <laughs> not tasty. Well, no, no, no. Melted chocolate, good. You, you yeah. got to get it with the marsh, you know, hit your marshmallow to it when it's just at that sweet, sweet spot. So you toast the marshmallow and get the milk chocolate all it's over It's true, because it. scorched chocolate is just bad. You have to add butter to try and rehydrate it, put it back in the double boiler, recreate your fire guard. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Stick with, like, steel fire guards or something. I don't know. Asbestos, you know. <laughs> thanks for the email paul um again I, I i do appreciate it and even if even if you listeners out there don't agree with me i want to hear because it's easy to call everyone in the eu stupid not everyone in the eu i should clarify but everyone in the eu courts stupid when i live in the middle of america and not middle america the real america Merc. <laughs> I couldn't even hold a straight face with that one sorry now he said something in in his in his email that really got my attention vacuum cleaners can't be more powerful than a hair dryer you know really powerful why all european or... homes are are dirty that is that is insane to me well it explains why the broom industry is doing so well over there <laughs> i, I thought know. it was because they used them for quidditch but hey what do i know yeah <laughs> evidently uh french broom manufacturers were um bringing them to court no, I don't know. Um, I While you were talking, I just Googled it here. EU ban on powerful vacuum cleaners prompts anger and legal challenge. Gee. Evidently, um, they have banned any vacuum cleaner that have a motor above 1,600 watts. Sorry, Dyson. <laughs> well, that doesn't suck. Thank you, Schmidt. <laughs> I'm sitting here, Zooks, looking at me straight face like you're an idiot, Schmidt. I appreciate they, that. They really don't. I suck. stopped listening. Yeah, because hair I blow dryers blow. <laughs> well, I'm well. Technically, they suck too. They suck out the the other end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I see oh, what happens. Like, there's when, no way to there, there's no way to talk about vacuums without Zoner just like losing a lung. Yeah, because I'm like a 12 year old boy. It's what I do. It's how I. No, I was just re- I was reading more into the article here because I honestly don't know how much wattage my vacuum cleaner has. It does uh, bring up Sir James Dyson, um, and I guess the most powerful one that Best Buy sells right now is 2200 watt motors. Which I don't know. Do you still have carpet after that point? <laughs> like, is that like the end all cure for dirty carpets? <laughs> That's like that's like when you're vacuuming your your astroturf. You use those those vacuums. Well, I'm know. just 
I'm just looking here. Dyson's average motor is about 1,700 watts. However, the Dyson DC24 ball has only a 650-watt motor, so it uses less than half the electricity, but they say that it's equal to the performance of a full-size upright. Hmm. So it's more, it's more eco-friendly. And more eco-friendly, Can be yes. used in the EU? And yeah. I, I will say this. I have a Dyson vacuum, and uh, I just got a I just got solar panels on my house, and they turned them on last week for the first time, which made me so excited. But I also got a big battery that I can use for you know emergencies, big solar powered battery. And you're supposed to keep it plugged in all the time. But I thought, you know what? It's fully charged. I'm going to use it. So I plugged my vacuum cleaner into it and unplugged it from the wall, and I just used that. Vacuuming two rooms in my house, and I don't have, like, enormous rooms in my home, but vacuuming two rooms, it dropped it by about 30%, the power. So, I mean, they they do take a lot of power. Maybe Europe is just worried that, like, maybe they just run the entire European power grid off of those batteries. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know this, how to respond to that at this point. So This episode is going to be nothing but vacuum talk. We're, we're just going to bring up all the different... <laughs> this episode will go down as the one that sucked the most. Speaking of sucking, how about uh, Verizon? <laughs> AOL. Thanks for the feedback, Paul. We appreciate it. Again, if you have feedback, again, if you agree with us, great. If you don't, that's fine, too. We want to know. We want to hear all sides of the story. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Yes, Verizon. America's number one company in terms of com- customer satisfaction and service. Or not. I mean, granted, they're no Time Warner. Yeah, they're better than Comcast. But only barely. That's like saying they're better than Hitler, you know? You know, I I will say this. I was with Verizon for a very long time. (laughs) I saw Schmitty, like, go to the mic to say something and think better of it. And when he (laughs) thinks better of it, that worries me. Uh, But I was with Verizon for a very long time, many, many years, I think seven or eight. And I never had complaints. Uh, Their service was good. Their coverage was good. I never had an issue, but they were expensive as crap. I mean, you get what you pay for. I actually had the same experience, and when I moved, I had to prove to them that uh, my service had suffered because of the move. I could could no longer get service in my house, but once I proved it to them, they let me out of my contract. They were great, and everyone always tells me, oh, well, you must have been one of the few ones that they liked. Well, yeah, because I'm so freaking likable. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I never had a problem, but you're right. It was expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, I'm back. I, I was going to say something, but I had a, a cough coming out, um, so I couldn't unmute yet. I was going to say, though, that I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Verizon is better than Hitler. I'm, I don't know. Just No. <laughs> I don't know. You might have to back that up. <clears throat> I'll, I'll do some Googling. I'll, I'll update you. I need some empirical <laughs> evidence. I'd love to see the Wikipedia article on that. Is Verizon better than Hitler? Controversy. The argument, the history. <laughs> In the media. <laughs> but yeah, they Verizon actually bought AOL, which is still a thing. For four, Dr. Squishy, I think we have an idea for your dissertation now. Yeah, for $4.4 <laughs> $4 billion. 
And I'm sure that Verizon pulled that from their couch cushions in the break room. Um, well, here's what's interesting. What people don't really realize off the top of their head is that AOL doesn't really stand for what it used to. It's not an ISP anymore. We all know that, right? Yeah. But do most people know what AOL actually does now? Because it's kind of interesting what they've just done. AOL turned into a media outlet. Oh, what? Like four years ago or so? Oh, something like five, that. Yeah, five, yeah, four or five years ago. Yeah, and they bought up a whole bunch of different um, web journalism properties. Yeah. Uh, like the Huffington Post is theirs, TechCrunch is theirs, Engadget is theirs. And so what this is, means is that Verizon has essentially just bought a whole bunch of tech blogs and news sites. Content providers, yeah. Which is essentially now, what um, Yahoo has been this whole time, I, and and Google. I mean, if, if you're trying to make a uh, a position on the internet, you need to make content, and Verizon is no exception. So now I've I've seen some uh, argument go both ways. A lot of people have been talking about this all week long. And uh, one tech journalist who uh, is usually pretty spot on with this has pointed out they're not actually buying content. It's not about the content. They don't care about that. It's the ad system because AOL-owned sites monetize very well. They make a lot of money off of their ads. Yep. And that Verizon's trying to get in on that. And again, this, this journalist is usually spot on but he may still be right. But does that mean I can now trust TechCrunch to review Verizon things correctly? Nope. Or how about the fact that Engadget, who supports net neutrality greatly, is now owned by Verizon, who is one of the major proponents trying to kill net neutrality? Yeah, it Probably seems like there's not. a little bit of a conflict of interest there in a few respects. I mean, I, I, he may be right in that the ad revenue was the main reason, the ad technology was the main reason for the deal, but is it going to stop there? I'm reminded about, um, was it Dish Network that, uh, oh, who owns CNET now? Oh, that's a good question. CBS, ABC, one oh, of the stations, CBS, right? yeah. Yeah, CBS uh, International or CBS whatever owns CNET. CNET had been the major tour de force at all CES conferences. Every year, the Consumer Electronics Show ran the best of CES, and CNET was the one in charge of it. One year, CNET chose that Dish TV's The Hopper, their DVR system that automatically lets you skip commercials, was the best at CES. Oh, I remember that. That was a lot of controversy. Yeah, CBS did not like that because CBS does not like the hopper because CBS doesn't want you skipping their ads. And they forced CNET to retract that article and name another product the best of CES. There was huge fallout from that. Yeah, I remember that. And I can't help but wonder if something like that is going to happen again. I'm sure that it will at some point. I, I really am because... The last thing that Verizon wants is for TechCrunch to post a review of the new Android phone that Verizon has bloated beyond belief and that can't get updates because of all the bloat and all the other problems. Or how slow Verizon is to update Android phones. Exactly. Or, or. I mean, it's, the last thing Verizon wants is a reputable 
source like Engadget or TechCrunch saying something like that. Yeah, this is just, um, I don't know, huge conflict of interest. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But the fact that they have admittedly said they're not going to be changing up the leadership at all also worries me. Yeah. So now the CEO of Verizon is also the CEO of Engadget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, this AOL CEO will stay on. Um, so, oh, I must have misread that then. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Tim Armstrong's still going to stay on. Um, will he stay on, though, as CEO? <laughs> he will. It just says they'll stay that he will stay on, but it doesn't say in what capacity. Uh, the thing that I find interesting about this, we're all old enough to remember AOL being a major powerhouse. I think I saw in 1999 they were worth 122 billion dollars. They are now just sold for four billion dollars. My, how the mighty have fallen! Yeah, and this is after 16 years of inflation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while Verizon's paying money, I guess they decided to also pay some more because uh, Sprint and Verizon together now have to pay $158 million to customers af- over their bogus texting charges. Uh, we haven't talked about this for quite a while. I want to say in over a year, but we, we talked about it, about this system called cramming. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, where they basically cram your bill full of extra text charges. That's uh, they weren't doing it, but they were allowing others to do it, and they were profiting off of it. So, like when you somehow get signed up for some weird text message thing that's nine ninety nine a month to get something sent to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even you, think of what kind of crap you'd get. Or it's when a you joke try of the to, day, or it's when you yeah. try to text to uh, um, enter in. Uh, a prize drawing, you know, drawing for a prize or something like that, and and every time they send you an update, they charge you instead of instead of them paying for it themselves. So yeah, it's it's pretty big if you if you're into the you know text for a joke or text for a prize thing. And if you are that way, really get a smartphone. It's called Google. Look it up. <laughs> It'll set you free. You strange. Com- Impulsive hoarder, you. Um, so um, we shouldn't make it sound like it's just them, because AT and T and T Mobile have already settled, and they've already started paying things back. Yeah. So this is just Verizon and Sprint catching up to that now. Yeah, I think we covered but, the, the uh, AT and T and T Mobile one back in, I want to say November, or December. Yeah. So you have so, a yeah. better memory than I. It's Schmitty. Yes. He actually uploads his to the cloud as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> it's very handy in case his brain has a uh, a shutdown or a memory wipe. Yeah. And, and I do keep it on of, Google Drive, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking of needing a good memory, uh, Windows 10 is going to have seven editions. Yeah. This is uh, excessive a little I, bit, but I don't not. like that. I don't like it. Well, okay, so... It's confusing, and he, and here's why. Because originally they said Windows 10 is going to have one. There's just one Windows 10, and it'll be that one system across everything. And that's still kind of the case, but not quite as we expected. See, there's going to be seven editions 
of Windows 10, but everything will run the same on all of them. Yeah. It's one system, but seven. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like the one ring to rule them all, but then you have the seven other rings to. <laughs> Never mind, the Lord of the Rings yeah. reference. So yeah, okay. we, so, we got the reference. We, okay. <laughs> so if you don't bother with which OS you have, you chances are good you're going to have Windows 10 Home. Shouldn't sound that unfamiliar because there's been Windows 7 Home, Vista Home, and XP Home. So, no big change there. It's going to be the major one on PC, tablets, two-in-ones. It's going to have Cortana. It's going to have the Edge browser, tablet mode for touch-capable stuff, Windows Hello, which is their face recognition and their iris recognition and their thumbprint and all that stuff. It can stream Xbox, Xbox One games, everything. You know, it's the stuff that you usually use at home. Okay? Windows 10 Mobile, take a wild guess. Um, it's for mobile. Oh, okay. That's a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which makes um, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Windows 10 Pro—that's usually what most people who are actually aware what operating system they use—they usually get Pro. It's also the one that's most often pirated. So those two f- things may go hand in hand. Uh, it's the one with slightly more professional features. It can join domains. It has a bit more file sharing capabilities. Um, it protects things and has more security on it. Uh, It's usually used by businesses, but here's where it gets interesting because there's another one for businesses, and it's Windows 10 Enterprise. And this is the one I'm personally most interested in because it's the one that I'll probably be using at work. And it's the one that will tie directly into Microsoft's volume licensing agreement system, so it's easier to roll out new images and automatically license them. So that's kind of cool for me professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Windows 10 Education. That, okay. Yeah, this this also shouldn't. takes advantage of the volume licensing, but through, through the academic uh, realm. So you want, you want volume licensing, but you don't need the enterprise version. You get the education version. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Windows 10 Mobile Enterprise. Um, I honestly don't see a lot of people using this one. I, I see businesses using it for uh, in the in the same way that BlackBerry was used for businesses. This will allow businesses to not only handle the volume licensing, like you mentioned for Windows 10 Enterprise, um, but it will allow them to um, uh, you know manage m- micromanage the the mobile devices that they run, uh, including remote wiping, remote you know geolocation, things like that. So. Yeah, I, the problem. The reason I say I don't foresee a lot of this getting a lot of uh, traction on this particular version because more and more businesses are going to a bring your own device infrastructure. Yeah, that's true. Where they don't provide the devices for you, and if they do, they're not going to go out and buy a pack of twenty five licenses for the three devices they have. You know, so I, I'm just kind of curious exactly how much traction that one's going to get. Uh, and the last one is Windows 10 IoT. And that's for small footprint and low-cost devices. This is kind of like the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Uh, the Raspberry Pi 2 that we talked about, because they get free Windows 10. Yeah. And for those so more integrated, IoT stands for Internet of Things. So it's meant for yeah. all the small things that, that can't run the full version. Um, and yeah, I, I have a developer license for it, so yay. I'll get to play with it. Yay, you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, playing on uh, Edge for a while now it's it's a lot of fun i've been enjoying that still very beta you can tell but yeah. i like it um 
one of these versions, and this particular article doesn't say, but one of them, and I want to say it's mobile, is actually also optimized to use the ARM processors. So Chromebooks can run that version, yeah. and it can take over Chromebooks, yep. which could finally really show some probable competition there in that market. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that's it. it the small netbook-sized laptop era is kind of kind of dying but the the need for a larger device than the phone um is definitely increasing with people buying more and more buying tablets you know so it's it's it'll be interesting to see if microsoft can get the game rolling again with that mm-hmm. very much so um okay into some very quick little google news oh no let's stay on microsoft because we got one more microsoft headline they have been testing, well, I shouldn't say Microsoft per se, uh, but a company has been beta testing a rework of Gears of War for the Xbox One. They, they've gone back, they've retrofitted it, they've redone the graphics and everything so it can run natively on the Xbox One and look awesome doing it. Well, the company has found out that its beta testers have been leaking videos of g- gameplay and screenshots and everything online. Yeah. Does that surprise nobody, though? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I work in beta testing. Games and cell phones, people love to leak information about. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's one thing that it's, it's part of their agreement as beta testers that they don't, uh, don't release any information about the product. Um, but how many of them? I mean, given the demographic of people that are that are probably playing this game, most of them probably either don't know that that's part of the the agreement, or just because of the way that micro because of how easy the Xbox One makes it to share stuff, is it just an automatic thing? Like, oh yeah, that was an awesome clip. Let me share that because it 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 is really easy. Like one or two button clicks, and all of a sudden your video is up online. So. It's probably yeah. one of a couple well, things. Well, Microsoft isn't taking this sitting down. And uh, I guess, let's be fair. When you sign up for a beta test, you make certain agreements. And, and like Zoner and Schmitty said, you may not be aware of them, but they're there. And you have basically uh, agreed to use whatever equipment you have by their, uh, by their standards. In this case, Microsoft has said, you've breached that. By the way, we have just permanently banned your Xbox Live account, as well as temporarily blocked your Xbox One from being at all functional. They've shut off their Xbox Ones. They are completely unusable. That is, on one hand, kind of cool, and I say that from an administrator standpoint, to have that kind of iron fist capability. Uh, From a consumer standpoint, that's kind of frightening. That's absolutely terrifying. It's kind of big I mean, brotherish. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's not terrifying from a professional standpoint. And I think, Zoner, you can appreciate that because this is what you do as well. If that was in the agreement, then they have every right to. I, I agree. However, However I, I can completely appreciate people being pissed off if they pay for something, 400 500 bucks for a piece of hardware that is theirs and all of a sudden the company from whom you purchased it has gone in and bricked it yeah um 
yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I'm more concerned, however, with the fact that this ability exists at all. What's to keep the next round of hackers from getting in there, or even a system glitch or bug to go in and completely brick everyone's Xbox yeah. Ones? Well, yeah, you re- you remember the uh, when the Xbox One first came out, it was within within a week or two, people were posting on Reddit like, "Oh, this is how you unlock the the secret functionality of the Xbox One." But they were actually giving them the instructions to brick their Xbox One, and so this isn't any different than that. Um, you know, if, if it's as simple as as you know, clicking a few buttons in your settings and stuff like that, it's it's pretty scary how how things can be utilized like that. So, yeah. Um, now we're allowed to talk about it now, but Schmitty and I actually did a beta test for Microsoft for the Xbox 360, specifically with Halo Reach. Yeah. Um, they were about to roll out a new file system for the Xbox that allowed the Xbox 360 to use bigger drives and more efficient storage techniques for game storage and whatnot. And we each got shipped out our own new copy of Halo Reach with the very specific instructions that until we were allowed, we couldn't breathe a word of it to anyone. We couldn't sell the disc. We couldn't show anyone the disc. We couldn't let anyone know we were playing a modified version of the game. Never mind the fact that Halo Reach wasn't actually the thing that was being tested. It had been out for a while. I'd already beaten it many times over. Um, but there was wording in there that says if we were found to have uh, breached it, they could sue. And all it was for a file storage algorithm. This is serious stuff. <laughs> so, Yeah. I, now, I we should clarify here. Microsoft said that... Uh, the consoles are still available offline, but the Xbox One or Xbox Live accounts have been permanently disabled. Uh, but they, I, they say that I, they can still play offline. Uh, but going going into what you said there about getting sued and whatnot, I have had clients that have tried to put language in their agreements: "We can sue you up for, uh, for up to a million dollars in damages." I, yeah, I, I, I'm the way I'm reading this because I'm reading the actual uh, email that Microsoft sent out, and it seems, at least according to this wording, that they've made the entire um, console unusable. Yeah, they uh, they say that uh, that's temporary. Uh, right, that's temporary, uh, and I think the reason being is to keep people with uh, people who have breached the contract from creating another Xbox Live account. And just hopping right back on. Yeah. Well, and and that's something that we'll do in my in my business as well. If we find that somebody has violated an NDA, we will disable their account so they can't go in and make any changes because we need that evidence for our clients. Yeah. So I can um, I can totally understand why Microsoft is doing this, and I don't blame them. Still, kind of scary. Um, into, like I said, that previously promised Google News. And this is our only Google headline. And it's not even that big a headline because we've already talked about it. But you remember that um, droid bot, that uh, bug droid or whatever it's called, peeing on an apple from right. space? Over in Turkey or something. <laughs> yeah. If you hadn't heard that previous headline, what I just said would have been very confusing to you. <laughs> That's some good aim to hit it from space. No, uh, this was a this was user submitted content to Google Maps. Someone had actually plotted it out in Turkey, um, and this is why we can't have nice things, jerk. Because now Google has taken that function offline. They no longer 
accept or support user-created content, at least for the time being, until they can better figure out a way to monitor it. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, the problem with user-created content is the users. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's why it's it's good in in this sense because it's been abused more and more lately. Uh, but it's bad in in the sense that now, if a map needs to be updated, it needs to be updated by Google, and so that new road that they're building in your subdivision probably won't be added within the next year or two until they get this fixed. So it's good and bad, mostly bad. <laughs> yeah. You ruined it for everyone. Dang. Um, yeah, that, that's it. That's just a follow up. Um, Apple news. We only have one Apple headline, and it's not really surprised to me at all. It, um, I saw this and I just giggled because it's so obvious that this would be an issue. Yeah. So um, if you have an iPhone and it is stolen. You're okay. Well, you're not necessarily okay, okay, but, I mean, you're still out of phone. But whoever has stolen it can't simply factory reset it, and that all's good. It has activation lock technology on it, which uh, came to iOS, I want to say, three years ago. And it means that if you just factory reset an, an iPhone or an iPad, it's going to ask you for the Apple, uh, for your Apple ID. When you come back in with a fresh image it knows that it belonged to you. So if a thief steals it and tries to wipe it, they're still not going to be able to use it at all because they don't have your login. Just a hint. Don't leave it one, two, three, four, five. Just saying. Um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you get your iPad or iPhone back, but it has made the devices much less tempting for thieves to steal because they know they can't actually get anything for it anymore. And that, I think that deterrent has been quite brilliant, very genius. Um, in Android, you can turn on a similar function. It doesn't work quite the same. It's more an encryption-based system um, where everything is encrypted on the phone, and unless you know the login to get in, you can't access it. Not quite the same, but sort of similar. But the point is, is that modern cell phones have this function to make them much less appealing to thieves. Not the Apple Watch, because if you steal that, all you have to do is do a factory reset and you can use it as if it were brand new. Not even Apple tracks the MAC address or the hardware ID or anything. That's it. You've just lost it. Hmm. Makes me wonder if this is going to be uh, fixed in a later version, or was was it an oversight, or is there a reason why they didn't put this in. Well, you could say so. See, part of the problem is is that the Apple Watch cannot by itself connect to Wi-Fi. It has to connect to an iPhone. In fact, I don't even know if it can connect to an iPad. I I don't know. If if there's an Apple fan out there who for some reason bought an Apple Watch and listens to our show, which is an unlikely set of conditions, um <laughs> but if you know, let us know cuz I'm interested. From my understanding, it can only connect to an Apple Watch, and it connects. It gets its internet access through that. Well, if it can't connect to Wi-Fi, that means it doesn't know if it was stolen or not. It's almost permanently in airplane mode until it's been wiped and joined to a new phone, at which point the damage has been done. So, and and, and Apple has done. So that's the technical limitation. Apple chose this technical limitation because they don't want people using the Apple Watch as a standalone device 
they want it to be an accessory to their other device. Mm. On the plus side, if your Apple Watch is stolen, there's no information stored on the watch that, that anyone can get a hold of and and fraud you with. So, so maybe that's yeah. the reason why they don't have it. I don't know. Uh, at which point, if your Apple Watch is stolen, you can, of course, uh, report it stolen to Apple, at which point you get a very nice email uh, that says, at least you didn't spend $17,000 on this one. <laughs> or, sorry, you spent $17,000 on this one. That would be mm. awesome. Your Apple Watch Edition $17,000 version has been stolen. We're very sorry for our security by obscurity. Maybe you'll learn next time. Where was your watch's bodyguard? <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, you basically lost the down payment to a house or an entire college education. Um, well, probably not anymore. Nah, college education when college. I went to college. It's the community yeah. college um, price there. <laughs> uh, your entire college tuition for a year. Uh, That's more like Because it. you were washing your hands. <laughs> Yeah. Oops. Um, and finally, in our tech news, making sure, because we've been jumping around a lot, uh, an interesting little problem has cropped up on the most unexpected pl- of places, the Starbucks app. Now, I've read this article a few times over, and I'm having problems understanding quite how it works, but it turns out that criminals have been able to figure out People's, uh, if you have an easy-to-guess Starbucks password for your Starbucks app and you use it to pay uh, at a Starbucks, people can access it and use it to reload gift cards and buy things with it repeatedly and very quickly. And Starbucks is doing nothing to stop it or verify purchases. Uh, one journalist, the only reason this even reached anyone's notice is because it happened to a journalist who within five minutes was charged $550 to a Starbucks that he had left like 20 minutes before. Ooh. Wow. And Starbucks said, sorry, you have to go through PayPal to get that money back. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, That's, that's, that is rough, but it makes me kind of wonder what benefits are there to paying in, in this day of Apple pay and Google wallet and, soft card, I almost called it ISIS again, which of course is now part of Google Wallet. Um, but in all these different ways you can pay, even through the PayPal app, what benefit is there to you to use the Starbucks app or any other kind of uh, store app? Because you know they're not going to be as well-built or as secure as any of these other things. The only thing I could think of is like reward points. Yeah, if they track reward points through it, or if you can make your order before you get there, or it keeps your favorites on it, so when you walk in, it automatically orders it for I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot of good things that the Starbucks app does, but if they're using um, e-payment as a method of payment, they need to make sure that they're up on their security. So, Yeah, I hadn't considered that. I like your idea of... Uh pre-order so as you're walking to the starbucks you can put your order in in advance so by the time you get there it's ready for pickup and paid for that's kind of cool i hadn't can it even do that i I think that is a a feature of it yeah that's that's actually pretty sweet okay i'll give it that that's awesome (laughs) i can't stay mad at you starbucks oh starbucks you and your caramel apple cider okay um yeah 
into some comic news, and we got a lot of it actually. Well, comic and 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 more comic and toys and cartoons. You can tell who put show notes in this week. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was I. Well, take it away, Zoner. Where do we want to start? I think I can't remember if we've talked about this or not. Well, we talked about it very briefly. But the Muppets are coming back to primetime. And we here at Stolen Droids, especially me, love all things Muppet. Therefore, we're talking about it and we're excited for it. But they released their new trailer and it, it will the, their show will uh, be airing 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights. And it... It's sort of an adult Muppet show. Uh, Kermit complains about traffic. Fozzie meets his human girlfriend parents. Uh, drama with Miss Piggy, although that's always the case. An adult Muppet show sounds like something that probably has a subreddit already. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Uh, there's also jokes about um, the overused faux documentary tropes. And in the in the trailer, there's a, a gag that basically admits that Dr. Teeth and, and his band, The Electric Mayhem, have been high for a very long time. Aren't they owned by Disney now? They are. They are. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this. I, I am very excited for this. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous, though, because I know my kids are going to want to watch it. And I don't know if they're going to be clever enough with their humor so that the adult jokes go over the kids' heads, or you just you just know there's going to be that skit where they're asking Miss Piggy if she ever doesn't feel so fresh because <laughs> we like our bacon fresh. Is that what? <laughs> it is better. You're the one fresh. who's looking forward to adult Muppets. I, I'm just. I, I'm really looking forward to this show. I am excited for it. And I'm shocked and appalled that you guys are not more excited for this. Oh, we're just having fun mocking you. What was that, Schmitty? Um, Yes. Excitement. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot. So much excite. Much wow. Um, well, you guys remember Lady Thor, right? Female Thor. Yes. The woman Thor. I actually didn't have a problem with her. I really didn't. It's just because you when, like the, the artistic interpretation. It, it didn't hurt. Oh, you know who would be an awesome Lady Thor? Lady Anna Sif? Kendrick. <laughs> I'm just saying. But she's, only um, like, she's only like four feet tall, though. I don't think she'd be a very good You shut your Thor. hater mouth. <laughs> she is perfect. You can put the camera on the floor and she'll look really tall. Tom Cruise has starred in many movies looking at normal human height. Yeah. And he's not. He's like a hobbit. Yeah, he's pretty much a midget. (laughs) Same with Bruno Mars. You can't tell that he's short in his music videos. And then put him next to Taylor Swift and then he's he's a hobbit. (laughs) But, um, I know I didn't have a problem with it because Thor was a title. You know, yeah. Thor, the Thunder God, was a title. The power of Thor is to say the power of this position. Um, yeah. So they I, are they killing her now, or 
Well, they they revealed her identity this week, and for those of you who don't want to know who the identity is because you haven't picked up the issue, um, turn away for a few moments. Uh, but surprise, that'll help on a non-visual show. Yeah, surprise! It's Jane Foster. So, I mean, they actually did like a what if years ago. What if Jane Foster was Thor? I guess now we know the answer. But um, but yeah, this is uh, they actually seem to have an exit strategy. Uh, and who is it here? Uh, Jason Aaron, who's the writer, uh, said that the very act of picking up this hammer of becoming Thor is killing her. Where we go from here is the real story. So, uh, which is sad because Jane Foster was already dying of cancer. Yeah, so I guess she's not going to be Thor anymore. Uh, she's just always dying. It's didn't, just didn't a, they heal her a of Thor that point. In, the, in that Odin machine or something? They they healed her of the cancer. I don't know. No, no, they 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 removed the uh, aether from her. Oh, that was, okay. In the movie, but in the comic, she's dying of cancer until she became Thor and Busty. I guess the hammer does that to her too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? It's thunder power. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever holds this hammer, should they be worthy, will receive the power of Thor. And a great silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> nice abs. <laughs> Who knew that the power of Thor inc- included a bikini-ready body? I know. It's beach body. Here we come. Uh, Just saying. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. This is what comic books do, but it seems like they seems like they're now that they've announced that it's Jane, they're trying to figure out, okay, how can it not be Jane anymore? That's too bad too, because I like the idea of her being uh, of her being Thor. I think that's kind of cool. Not just because it's a woman, but because of her character, and it's it's. I don't know. I think they're losing something by this, and I think it's just because they want to tie into the Avengers. Well, Natalie Portman the, would wield the hammer, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Natalie Portman would never take that role in a movie. You don't think? I, I yeah, know you, she would. You shaking your head no is not good for radio. She she was hesitant to to go back into Thor too. So I mean, well, she is an Academy Award winner, and you know, too good for us nerds. I tell you, once they act out a lesbian ballerina scene, they're too good for a multi-million dollar movie. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's okay, because Marvel kind of hates women anyways. Annie, you're just breaking my heart. Um, before we get into Marvel's woman hate, let's talk about the power of Skull and the headline I did not read. I gave you such a good segue there. I know, but it's kind of a big deal. Let's end on the big deal. Okay. Well, do you guys remember the old Masters of the Universe figures? He-Man, for those of you who don't know the proper name. They Um, were my favorite. How they came with a miniature comic book that would Mm -hmm. tell a story featuring the action figure that you just purchased or received as a gift, because let's face it, none of us had jobs in 1985. Um those my comic- job was to take out the trash. <laughs> yeah. Mine was to keep my... I had to keep my room clean. Um, do the dishes. Yeah, work in the coal oh. mines. So, anyways, they are coming out with a, 
a hard or a, a collection of these 1232 pages hardcover six inches by nine inches for 30 bucks they're taking them all and they're putting them together which is absolutely awesome i used to love these comic books so much that i got invited to a birthday party when i was in second or third grade i opened uh i bought the kid as i think it was a skeletor figure for his birthday, I opened up the package, took out the comic book, and taped it back up. I got in trouble from that. My mom was not pleased when she saw me reading that on the couch. Gee, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, comic book. I was giving him the toy. He doesn't need the comic. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I loved them all so much, I actually uh, dragged my mother. Uh, I was four, I think. And I dragged her to go see the Masters of the Universe movie. I still have it. On DVD, here at home. Dolph Lundgren is awesome in that. Yeah, it's also uh, Courtney Cox's first movie, though she doesn't claim it anymore. It's a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah, it is. It's a movie movie that's so bad, the studio actually shut down funding on it, and the director had to finish it on his own, which is why it randomly leaves Eternia and ends the climactic battle in a mall parking lot. As happens... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one day you're invading normandy and the next you're at a walmart it's the weirdest thing but yeah these this collection of 68 mini comics will be available october 21st in comic shops and november 3rd in bookstores so if you're interested in this like we are you may want to go pick yourself up a copy yeah um okay so let's talk about the marvel woman hate if you are a comic book geek at all, or a geek at all, you have probably caught wind of this already, but a large to-do is being done about Black Widow and the Avengers. And it's not a new thing, because it was also a huge deal in the first Avengers. She got no toys, she got no representation, uh, even though she is the only female Avenger. Now, there's two, uh, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for you, there's now two female Avengers. And again, there's no toy of her. There's no representation. Well, finally, Hasbro and Mattel are coming out with a Quinjet um, playset. And there's that great scene in the movie where Black Widow drops out of the bottom of a Quinjet on a Harley. I mean, it's even in the trailer. It's such an awesome scene. And this Quinjet, both of them, both versions of them, have a hidden motorcycle in it with an Avenger on it that can pop out. Yeah, it's not Black Widow. Iron Man? Man. Really? Iron Man. He doesn't need a motorcycle? Yeah, that's the confusing thing, isn't it? (laughs) He's got freaking jets on his legs. (laughs) Iron Man can fly at supersonic speeds, okay? He can intercept a missile. Why is he on a motorcycle? He runs, Isn't he just a liability at that point? In case the suit runs out of fuel? I don't know. <laughs> he's yeah. taking a break. He's just cruising for chicks. I, I mean, the one with Captain America makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Unless he, he you're recreating the scene from the film. You know, yep. Yeah, I mean, what is up? Why the hate for a girl toy? Well, I, I don't say a girl toy like a toy meant for girls. I mean a girl toy like a toy of a girl. Like a female toy. Female action figure. Yes. 
uh, had to clarify that there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually saw something that said Disney has their princess line, and that's their girl. That's that's what they use for the girls, and the the Avengers and the Marvel stuff is for the boys. And Disney is very very uh, good at selling merchandise, and they are apparently allegedly very good at determining who the best market for that merchandise is. And since they've got their Disney princesses, why do they need superheroes as well? Because they've already got their target. Well, if that's the case, and I'm not saying it's not the case, why do they give her such a role in the first place? She's huge in Captain America 2. Yes. There are very large parts of Captain America 2 that wouldn't have happened without her. She is pretty big in Avengers, and she's even bigger in Avengers 2. Yeah. It's, it's, why? A, it's a different demographic, those who are watching the movie versus those who are, are buying the toys. Is it? It, in most cases, I mean, there, I, there is an overlap. Nope. There are there are a niche of of older men in their twenty five to thirty five years of age that are buying toys. But I think for the most part, nah. it's kids. I contend that women who go to see Avengers are either there because they are true comic book fans, no matter who's on screen, or because they're there to support their boyfriend and ogle Chris Hemsworth. Not because they need. Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow to encourage or inspire them versus young girls playing with toys who are not ogling Chris Hemsworth no. <laughs> may or may not be comics fans, but that a female action figure would be an important addition. Why give her such a big role then just to do this? That's a good point. Yeah, that, do is, have- that is a good point. They do have a Black Widow in the uh, Infinity line, so they do have yes. that going for them. <laughs> they do. Now, I, I read something else the other day. It, maybe it was the same article. I don't recall. But it was essentially saying that the Marvel movies are no longer for people like you and I. It They are starting to gear them more towards that uh, 9 to 13-year-old boy range uh, which is fine. Which, I, which is I mean, fine, but it, it, you're never going to get a dark movie. I really question how they're going to do Civil War without making Tony Stark just a bad guy. Cause yeah. I, I, I don't know that Marvel's going to do that to one of their hot properties. I think, honestly, and I'd be interested on Dr. Squishy's take on this one, but I'm... I think that Civil War is going to be a red herring. It's going to be a, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, all over again. Because you remember when they announced that tri- that title? Ooh, Attack of the Clones? Oh, the Clone Wars are finally starting. Yeah, what they didn't tell you is that the clones are the good guys, and they're attacking the bad guys. Yeah. They weren't attacking the heroes. They were the heroes. <laughs> Until Order so 66, Civil anyway. <laughs> yeah, <alert>. Civil War... <laughs> is just two words that means people within a group fighting each other. But they're not talking about which group it is. We all assume it's the Civil War we know from the comics, but they could completely mess that up so that the Civil War are the bad guys fighting against each other somehow. How pissed and off make, would comic fans be if that turns oh, out to be the case? If what you're saying is true, they don't care because they're going for the 9- to 13-year-old boys. That's true. 
So all I know is that this is a huge slap in the face to anyone who's a fan of the Black Widow and almost the character of Black Widow herself. It's almost like they're telling her, you know, your character isn't good for anything but making us a sandwich and pumping out babies or not, because evidently <laughs> she can't do that. That's either. off the table, too. <laughs> wow, you had to go there. I thought I was the guy that goes there. It's been a late night. All right, into our favorites this week. And my favorite jumps the aisle from Marvel over to DC. DC, specifically on the CW. See, they have their new Legends of Tomorrow show coming out, which uh, Zoner was so kind to remind me on, I think, of last week's show when I completely forgot about it. And they actually have a trailer for it now. The show hasn't launched yet. The show won't launch till 2016, but it sees the return of Katie Lotz as a black canary. Only she's now the white canary, which seems much harder to sneak around at night in an all white thing. It has the flash. It has the atom. It has the arrow and it introduces a lot of other characters and it's the CW. So again, we always have to say this, but tempered expectations and this trailer blows those expectations away. I am so pumped for this show to come out. I am so excited. It just looks like fun. And again, going back to the Avengers thing, I don't need a dark, gritty comic book property movie. I just want a fun, entertaining movie. And that's what the CW is giving us with these WB sh- with these. Sorry, um, it's very confusing because DC, CW, WB, all very confusing. <laughs> it's all okay. owned by the same company. It's all owned by the same company. It's just so much fun to see them do this stuff. So that's my favorite. You should check it out. Uh, my favorite isn't in DC or Marvel. This is uh, the Muppets. Uh, the, Mu- <clears throat> the Muppets take on acapella. Uh, this is by Mike Tompkins. Uh, I think I've I've shared a lot of things from him before. Um, he's a very great acapellaist, you could say. Um, this is uh, he does he redoes Cool Kids by Echo Smith with the Muppets. And it's it's awesome. If you like the Muppets or Mike Tompkins or Acapella or Echo Smith, check this out. And if Pitch Perfect taught us anything, I believe you're supposed to say it's Aka Awesome. Aka Awesome. I'm, I'm just <laughs> just throwing that out there. I'm gonna go back to the Marvel Universe here. Uh, Think Geek this week came out with an amazing amazing product. It's a Captain America shield backpack. And, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. You looks like Captain America's shield strapped to your back, and it opens up, and you can put stuff in it and everything. And it's currently out of stock, but it should be back in any time now. It's because vibranium is very hard to come by. <laughs> it is. It's really it is. hard. You've got to go, gotta go and, and deal with Black Panther and his people over in Wakanda. Not uh, fun. But but yeah, six, it'll keep your laptop pretty safe though. <laughs> Ooh, this is true. And and next time the bullies try and take your take your lunch money, just throw it at them, and <laughs> it'll bounce right back. Which they will do if you're wearing this. As cool as this is, I'm just saying it won't <laughs> offer you any more protection than the turtle shell backpack you originally got beat up for. <laughs> and in unrelated news, elementary school violence shoots up 25%. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is definitely awesome, and I'm trying to make the case for my company to buy every one of us in the office one just because. 
good luck with that. If you manage to do that, tell me how you did it. All right, that is our show this week. Again, we want to hear your thoughts. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Let us know what you're thinking. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We really do want to know, and we will read your feedback on the air no matter what, unless we can't read it because you didn't use spell check. Anyway, follow us on Twitter, friend us on Facebook, hit us up on Google+. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.